Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear from our senior leader, Amy Kendrew. We trust you'll enjoy today's message. message is bless, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And uh, this, is, this is a message that I think God is primarily and firstly calling, calling me to live, <laughs> um, that I'm learning and living this message uh, as I preach it, that I'm certainly not uh, thinking, well, this is a good idea for everyone else but me, I've, I've nailed this. But I believe that this is a message that God is calling all of us, uh, especially in this season, as we head into Christmas and to the end of the year, and we look to starting a new year. Uh, that God, I think God's calling us to have to a greater level of, of unity, uh, of holiness, of consecration to Him. And I think part of this next season for us as a church is that we would have peace with one another, peace in our relationships. There has been a lot of uh, pulling apart, tearing apart, and I believe God wants to bring unity and a bringing together one to another. And uh, Christmas is also often a time of reflection, right, of who Jesus was, who he is, why he came, on how he lived and how we are to live. And this morning, I want to talk to us about how we are called to live as peacemakers. Jesus came at Christmas time to be the Prince of Peace. It is one of his names in Isaiah 9. It says that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. He would be called Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, and that he would be called the Prince of Peace. As the angels came and declared the coming of the Messiah, they sang, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all men. Jesus came to bring peace and reconciliation to us, to our heavenly Father. That is why he came. That is why he died. So that we could know reconciliation and, and relationship with our heavenly Father. But it also says that he came, that he, he would bring peace one to another reconcile us together. And so I'm believing today that we would all walk into this next season, into Christmas and the beginning of a new year with relational peace, with forgiveness, and with tools to love one another. So we're going to look at some key scriptures in the Bible, and there are so many, and I can't possibly capture them all in a 25-minute message, but I'll just pick out a few scriptures that talk about being a peacemaker, talk to us about some key characteristics that we can carry and work we can do to be a peacemaker in our world, and that we would, we're going to pray and believe for freedom in hearts today. So let's pray this morning before we get into the scripture. Jesus, Lord, would you come right now? We thank you for the work that you are already doing in our lives, for your Holy Spirit, and for the call that you are placing on our hearts to live at peace with one another, to be leaders and pioneers almost in, in relational peace and what it is to live and, and to be a peacemaker. 
And we pray today, Lord, that this wouldn't just be a message, Lord, but it would be a way of life, that we would live this out day after day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're going to read a few scriptures this morning. First scripture is found in Matthew 5 and verse 9. And it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers. This is Jesus speaking. In a chapter that's called the Beatitudes, basically a guideline for living. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. James chapter 3, verse 18. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And then in Romans 12, verses 9 to 18, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking to the early church, saying, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God would bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think that you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. We have a problem. I have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> we all have a problem. Often our human nature is to do the opposite of everything that was listed in those verses. We want to pay back people who hurt us. We don't want to bless people who have cursed us. We want to curse them. We struggle to love and honour and serve one another. It is not natural to us. And it is, seems that there is a lack of peace everywhere that we go. On a global scale right now, conflict across our world, right down to our communities and in our families and our relationships. We live in a divisive and divided world. And our nature is often to divide and to expose our differences of opinion and belief. And we often become entrenched in our view, right? I know I do. That I scroll on social media or I look online and I begin to think that everybody must think and agree with me. But the thing is that we all do it. And we often force one another to choose a side. Do you agree with me or do you disagree with me? Because if we disagree, then this relationship cannot continue. Are you for us or are you against us? Are you with us or are you not? 
And often our desire is to be right at all costs, even if that costs us a relationship or a friendship. We've seen it so much over these last few years, especially. So much division and conflict and a tearing apart. And this season ahead, Christmas, like I am preaching to myself right now, as extended family come and we gather together around the Christmas table, as we maybe are students and we're going home for Christmas, living with mum and dad again over summertime, it can be a bit of a test, right, of relationships. You know, you've got that one family member and they're coming for Christmas and it's like, oh, what is it going to be like? Remember last time? Remember that episode a few years ago? Now Sally can't sit next to Mary because of what's happened and so-and-so is offended with so-and-so. And often we just accept that, right? Well, that's just how it is. It's, it's just, you know, there's people in our lives we don't talk to anymore. Families divided, friendships broken, marriages broken. And we just go, well, that's just the way that it is. And we can often blame others, right, for the hurt and the offense and the relationship breakdown. I know I have. And God's doing a work in my own life right now over these sorts of things. Well, it's because of what they did and it's because of what they said. It's up to them to make the first move, to text me, to, to message me, to invite me. And we're reluctant to take personal responsibility to be a peacemaker. Often we won't be the first ones to bridge the gap. And it makes me think about one of my favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone. Anyone a Home Alone fan in here? Oh, yes. You're my people. And there's a scene, I think the picture's coming up, <clears throat> where Kevin, the eight-year-old boy, here he is, goes and hides in a church because he's running away from the bad guys, and he finds himself sitting next to old man Marley. And Kevin confesses he feels guilty over the way that he's treated his family. And Marley says he's at church because he could only come to the choir practice to see his granddaughter sing because he is not welcome in church with his family at Christmas. And he tells Kevin that for this reason, because him and his son had an argument many years ago, he hasn't spoken to him since, that they won't be together at Christmas. Kevin is learning that being alone isn't maybe everything that it he thought it would be cracked up to be. The way that he's treated his family is not right. And Marley is alone through relational breakdown with his son. And they both realize that being home alone is maybe not what they want for Christmas. Why don't you call your son, Kevin says. Well, I'm afraid if I call him, he won't want to talk to me. And Kevin explains how he overcame his fear of the basement and encourages Marley to face his fears. My point is you should call your son and then you won't have to be afraid anymore. And at the end of the film, there's this beautiful scene where Kevin is reunited with his family and as he looks through his lounge room window with the snow falling, we see Marley is also reunited with his son. And it's a fictional scene in a Christmas movie, I know. But it is a scene perhaps where many of us are sadly familiar with, where there is relational breakdown, things in our world, fear, division, hurt and offense that keeps us from living at peace 
with one another. So as I think about this scene, as I think about this season as a church, as a a church family, as I think about the state of our world, the question I want to ask each one of us this morning is, am I a peacemaker? Am I a peacemaker? There are so many reminders, as I said, through the New Testament, reminding us again and again and again, Jesus speaking, the apostles speaking, be a peacemaker, live at peace with one another. And I think perhaps there are so many reminders because it is so often our default to not. And so we need to be reminded again and again and again that it is up to us to do all that we can to live at peace with one another. This message is about forgiveness. It's about learning to listen. It's about a ministry of reconciliation that we are all called to. It is about watching our words and being mindful about how we treat one another. Because we can come into this place and we can say, worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, God. And I worship you and praise you and bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. But then we walk out of these doors and we're rude to the person at the cafe for lunch. And we slander and talk and gossip and speak badly about one another. Then that's not being a peacemaker. That is not the life that God has called us to live. It's about knowing that we set an example in our faith, the way we treat one another for our children, for our non-believing friends and family, for our workmates and our flatmates. How do we treat people? Am I a peacemaker? We are designed to do relationship with one another. We're not designed to do life alone. We are designed to live in relationship, and often relationships can be complicated and messy. A beautiful pastor I meet with, she's like a mentor to me. I just met with her on Friday, and she prayed for me. Uh, She's amazing. She was in ministry for a long, long time, but she said to me this week, oh, Amy, we would all be the most amazing Christians if it wasn't for people. (laughs) And I thought, that's so true, right? But we're not designed to live isolated. We're designed to live in relationship with one another. The passages I read, Matthew 5, Romans 12, these are guidelines to the way we should live and treat one another. And it culminates in this statement, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Other translations, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As much as it is up to me, Do all that I can. Because the thing is, unfortunately, we cannot control other people, but we can control ourselves. And so the Bible teaches us that we must do all we can to live at peace. And that can be both liberating and daunting. It can be liberating because we say, well, I am going to do all that I can, and then I leave the rest to God to do what he can. But it's also daunting because there's a lot that's up to me. I've got to take personal responsibility to say I have done all that I can to live at peace with everyone. So just quickly in the time that we have left, I want to give you three characteristics, three characteristics of a peacemaker, tools that you can live by in this season and the years to come to say, yes, I am doing all that I can to live at peace with everyone. 
three characteristics. First characteristic of a peacemaker. Peacemakers do the work within. Peacemakers do the work within. This is the first seed, that passage we read in James, that peacemakers sow seeds of peace. This is the first seed of peace that we can sow is within ourselves. Often throughout the Bible, when Jesus teaches, he talks about the heart being like soil and the Word of God being like the seed. And in our own hearts, in the garden of our own hearts, is, is there good soil? Is there good soil? And so if the seeds are to flourish, then the soil must be good. And that is the same with our lives. If our relationships are to flourish, then we must deal with the things that are inside of us that can cause tension and brokenness in our relationships. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about things like forgiveness, letting go of hurt and offense, things that people have done to us or said to us that we are holding on to, and it is causing bitterness to grow in the soil of our heart. And so we've got to look within and deal with the weeds that creep up and try to take over, digging deep within ourselves. Colossians 3, verse 13 to 15. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You must. Hebrews 12, verse 14 to 15. Work. It's work. Work within. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root grows up to trouble you corrupting many. You've got to take note of the things that you are allowing to grow up in your heart, in your life, that are going to hurt you and corrupt those around you. Matthew 18 verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Forgiveness is such a powerful tool that we have at our disposal to ensure that we live at peace with one another. I know in my own life, through the last few years especially, that relational breakdown and pain has been immense. And there have been many times where I feel like I have forgiven and then there's a little bit of maybe bitterness or hurt in there. So I go, okay, I need to forgive again. And I think that's why Jesus says 77 times because I think every time that we forgive, it's like chipping away at the hardness within until finally we can say, I forgive them. And there is nothing in there that goes, oh, yuck, or is hard or is hurt. And I want to set us free this morning to say, let's forgive. Let's do the work within so that we can live at peace with 
everyone. So firstly, peacemakers do the work within. Secondly, peacemakers watch their words. Peacemakers watch their words. This is one for me, definitely. I know that I am definitely someone who speaks first and then thinks about it afterwards. And I know that in my own life, I am learning to watch my words. Our words are powerful. They can reconcile, they can sow peace, or they can divide. As peacemakers, we must know when to speak and when to listen. We must watch our words carefully. We must ask ourselves, what am I sowing with my words? Am I sowing discord or am I sowing peace? James 1, in fact, the whole book of James talks a lot about the power of our words, the power of the tongue. In James 1, verse 19 to 20, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And then it goes on to say in verse 26, this is challenging for all of us. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Ouch. Ephesians 4, <clears throat> verses 29 to 32. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Get rid of all bitterness, that's the work within, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And Proverbs 15 verse 1, this is a memory verse that I had as a child for several years. A soft answer turns away wrath. I didn't even know what wrath was, but I think it's bad. But grievous words stir up anger. What is the aim of my words? We must be careful. And so some questions we must ask ourselves as peacemakers who are watching our words what is the aim of what I am about to post, comment, say? Is it helpful and beneficial? Am I stirring up or building up? Am I peacemaking or point making? How do I treat people? Not just here at church on a Sunday, but out there in the mall when I'm in the crowds, at the school gate, at the supermarket, what seeds am I sowing with my words? Take some time to step back and think before you speak. Choose to assess, discern, and fill your words with grace. Peacemakers do the work within. Peacemakers watch their words. And finally, peacemakers do the work with others. Peacemakers do the work with others. This is about the ministry of reconciliation, sowing seeds of reconciliation in our relationships. Jesus came as the Prince of Peace to bring peace to all men. He uses you and I 
to be carriers of that peace to the world, to reconcile us to our heavenly Father, but also to one another. We are in the ministry of reconciliation. We are in the ministry of peacemaking. And I just want to note to us today that peacemaking is not peacekeeping. Because often I know that there are people in this room and watching online today who are like, I just will do anything to keep the peace. I know I have this in my family where there are people who are like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about it. Let's just all pretend like everything's okay. And that's not necessarily peacemaking. That is peacekeeping. The ministry of reconciliation requires some action. God has placed you and I in a position to bring peace, to do all that we can. And sometimes that requires work on our part, to work for and to maintain peace. And often we have this picture in mind, right, of the, the marriage, the family, the friendships, the relationships we want in our lives. But I can tell you, it doesn't just happen. We need to work to create these beautiful relationships in our world. So what does that mean? Well, that may mean reaching out. That may mean sending that message. It may mean having that uncomfortable conversation. And maybe, look, maybe it won't be received. Maybe it won't go well, but maybe it will. And maybe there are people in your world today that you're going, God is prompting you. I need to reach out. I need to reconcile with that person. In my own life, just recently, had a family member come to me who wanted to talk about some things that I'd said with my, you know, words that I'm not very good at, um, that had offended and hurt. And the way they approached it was really great, sat us down, sat me down for coffee, and talked about, hey, I don't know if you realize, but some of these things that you say or tease, you know, in our family, there's a lot of sarcasm. I think it's a New Zealand thing generally. And I'm like, but if I don't tease you, how will we relate? <laughs> but this is, our relationship is built on sarcasm. But I came to an understanding of things that I thought was funny, was actually not to the person receiving. And look, did it, was it awesome to receive that feedback at that time? No. Did it hurt a little bit? Yeah. Am I glad and am I grateful that they took the time to approach that, to, to do the work, to not say, oh, well, I'm just not going to say anything, just let's keep the peace, but to actually say, no, I'm going to do the work. And we're going to, our relationship will be stronger because they took that time to say, I care about this relationship enough to go there and tell you the things that you're doing that you may not notice are hurting and causing pain. So some questions to ask us today. As we do the work with others to be a peacemaker, can I work through disagreement and differences? Can I still maintain relationship with someone even though we may disagree on some things? Can I explain my experience or my point of view in a healthy way? Can I talk to someone with a desire to bring reconciliation? Is there someone in my life that I need to reach out to today, like old man Marley in Home Alone? 
The ministry of reconciliation is our call. And as the band come and join me, there's a few verses I'd love to read us. The ministry of reconciliation. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 19. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. Ephesians 2 verse 14 to 16. For God, Christ himself has brought peace to us He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. I think God wants to break down some things, some walls, maybe some hardness in our hearts this morning. As we look towards this next season, together as a church, God is calling us to be in the ministry of reconciliation. Maybe you're where you are to bring peace. The boardroom, the home, the community, the friendship group, the family, maybe you are light in the darkness and peace in chaos. Maybe God is using you to bring peace in the tumultuous circumstances. And I pray that God would use you, that you would pray for wisdom, that you would pray that you would sow seeds and you would do the work of peace. And the promise is that peacemakers will reap a harvest of righteousness, that we together would be called children of God, sons and daughters of the kingdom of peace. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. I wanna remind us of the opening verse that I read. Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Goes down to say, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil, but do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. As we finish up this morning, I want to just pray. And maybe in those three characteristics, God's speaking to you about one of those in particular. And so right now, would every person just close their eyes and <clears throat> maybe here, you're here in this place. I'm going to say three, the three different categories. And if you're in any of those categories, you can lift up your hand and I want to pray for you as we enter into this new season. Maybe for you this morning, You need to lift your hand because God is talking to you about forgiveness. There is a person or a situation that you have been holding onto and God is calling you today to live free of that and to live in forgiveness.
you can lift your hand in a moment. Maybe God is calling you. You need to be careful with your words. And you are just you just need to ask the Holy Spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, would you help me? Help me to be someone who thinks before I speak, who speaks words of life and peace into my relationships. You can lift your hand in a moment. Or maybe this morning, God is calling you. There is a relationship, there is a person that God is saying you need to reach out to them. You need to reconcile with that person. You need to be a peacemaker in that situation. You can lift your hand in a moment. So if you're in any of those categories, you need forgiveness to let go of something. You need the Holy Spirit to help you with your words. Or you need wisdom as you uh, reconcile a relationship. Would you lift up your hands and I'm going to pray for you this morning. Awesome. Lift up your hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hands going up everywhere. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I pray that you would come right now with your peace. Flood every heart. Flood every life with the peace that comes from heaven. And we pray, God, would you lead us and would you guide us in this new season that we are stepping into as a church, that we are stepping into personally. Lord, that we would let go of the hurt and the unforgiveness and the offence that is holding us down. And that we would live in the freedom that comes when we let go and when we trust You and when we forgive. God, would You guide us? Would You lead us? Help us, Lord, to sow seeds of peace and life with our words. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would be peacemakers in our relationships. Give us wisdom as we navigate reconciliation. Lord, as we are ministers of peace and ministers of reconciliation, in the Name of Jesus, in the Name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.